sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Wednesday. What a Tuesday it was in college sports. The Champions Classic. Four of the biggest brand names in all of college basketball facing off in Indianapolis. We'll recap what we saw on a Tuesday night in CBB. Also in the CFP, the third set of rankings for the college football playoff. What it tells us and what it lays out for the final two weeks of this college football regular season. We'll get to all of that later in the show. We'll go around the association in the NBA as well. And of course, give you that early line approach to week number 11 of this NFL season. Here we are now firmly in the second half of this NFL campaign. And as we look at this year, we have seen teams exceed our expectations. We've also seen teams that had a very disappointing first half. How do we quantify the idea of the narrative of a Super Bowl hangover. We hear it every year, really, in a variety of sports. That title hangover. How does the team respond when they were riding so high to end off a season before and really through the entirety of that offseason? Well, for the LA Rams, it's been about as bad as it gets. How do we quantify that number? A 3-6 and straight-up record and the worst cover percentage in all of the National Football League. When we look at the Rams, we now add insult to injury sadly triple crown cooper cup is having surgery today on his ankle he will be placed on the ir suffering a severe high ankle sprain last week for the rams in their football game against the arizona cardinals one of the most dynamic offensive threats in all of the national football league the leader for the rams offensively now placed on the ir and although triple crown cooper cup was not quite putting up the same numbers as last year when he led the league in 2021 in receptions receiving yards and touchdown grabs still pretty prolific here in 2022 75 grabs over 800 yards already and six touchdowns and again this all is in effect of what he did last year as well 145 catches from on 191 targets 1947 in terms of receiving yards in the regular season with 16 touchdown grabs in the regular season and that doesn't even take into account the nearly 120 yards he averaged during the rams super bowl run and he had six touchdowns last postseason as well a vital piece now for the rams if they are going to figure anything out placed on injured reserve and we peel that in to week number 11 and we see that reflected in the line already because the Rams have certainly been disappointing as have the New Orleans Saints two football teams certainly the Rams optimistic following last year's Super Bowl 56 victory but even the Saints having some optimism entering this year at least being playoff teams that is not the case anymore two three win football teams at the moment face off in the big easy on Sunday afternoon that's why we call this matchup the big easy bummer and we see that reflected in the line with no Cooper Cup for LA questions still around their quarterback position with 
Matthew Stafford and the Saints now a four and a half point favorite at home in New Orleans on Sunday. The Saints are just three and seven straight up and against the spread as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here the opening hour of a Wednesday live on TMA, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. Back to that game on Sunday, week number 11 for the Saints and the Rams. The Rams, a three-win football team, three and six straight up, three games below 500. The Saints, three and seven straight up and against the number. The Rams are two, six, and one against the spread, not covering by an average margin of 8.7 points per game. They're not even getting close to what the odds expect of them. It is the worst cover margin by far in the National Football League. And the Rams now finding themselves as a four-and-a-half-point underdog in New Orleans on Sunday. It's only the sixth time now in the last two seasons the Rams have been booked as an underdog. So two disappointing teams so far here, now firmly in the second half of this NFL season. There's no make playoff odds up for the LA Rams right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook because of Cooper Cup now being sidelined for quite some time and still questions around Matthew Stafford. But their odds to win the division, 40 to 1, tied for the longest price with the Arizona Cardinals, very far behind both San Francisco and Seattle. They entered the year as the favorites in the NFC West and the team that had the second best price alongside the Packers to win the NFC Championship. They are now tied for the eighth longest price. Let's pull that board back up again as we break down the New Orleans Saints odds here because in the division, the Saints 11-1 in a terrible NFC South that if you thought there was any optimism for New Orleans, maybe it was just taking care of business in the division and they are now 65 to 1 in the nfc as well also plus 700 to make the postseason very much a long shot to be a postseason contender on the outside looking in we had this conversation with the pro football doc dr david chow earlier this week looking at cooper cup and the injury he suffered on sunday against arizona asking dr chow because he has been in those medical rooms within an nfl organization what is the discussion when a team is disappointing, when a team is struggling about bringing one of their star offensive players or star players in general back? He said it is a very convoluted process. If the Rams continue to struggle here, does Cooper Cup return this season? All part of the equation as we get ready for week number 11 of the National Football League with Gerinari up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As we get ready. For week number 11 of this NFL season, it starts tomorrow in Green Bay, Wisconsin, between the Packers and the Titans on Thursday night football. When you look across the Sunday slate, however, there's a couple of bounce-back opportunities for some teams that struggled last week that are looking to stack up a win in the win column this Sunday. Helping us take that early line approach is one of the best at evaluating where the markets are and when you can find that most profitable number. It is Joe Ranieri here with us on this Wednesday on the morning after doing double duty in the mornings. He was also on the early line with Donnie Wrightside. And then, of course, no rest for the weary. Joe Ranieri on in-game live later tonight as well. JR, as always, we appreciate your time greatly here on the morning after. 
Those tickets ain't gonna cash themselves here, Ben. So, you know, uh, we got no time for rest. College hoops, we got NBA, and of course, uh, college football and the NFL in full swing. Love this time of year, my man. You do really love this time of year. We were having a full-blown college basketball conversation during the commercial break. That shows you where our minds always are as well. But, Joe, as we turn our attention to Week 11 of the National Football League, it's a new frontier, if you will, for Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles. The Birds no longer unbeaten, suffering their first loss of the season on Monday night at home against the Washington Commanders. So, Joe, we haven't seen Philadelphia have to respond Mm -hmm. following a loss. They are on the road against the unbeaten Jeff Saturday, the only NFL head coach this season that has a perfect record at the moment. And Philly is a a six-and-a-half-point road favorite in Indianapolis. So, Joe, with this being the first time Philly is playing in a game following a loss, what resolve do you expect out of the Eagles? Well, it's a couple of firsts for the Eagles, right? They hadn't turned the ball over very much heading into that game. And what they do? They turned it over four times. It was disgusting. Uh, Also, we have never seen the Eagles yet this year go into the second half trailing. Uh, That was the first time we saw them have to come from behind. And give credit uh, to Washington. They did exactly what they needed to do. I also think they might have laid out a blueprint here for teams taking on uh, the Eagles moving forward. There's something to be said with Jalen Hurts, instead of playing from in front, playing from behind, we saw the panic uh, there a little bit, and that defense has got some issues. Having said that, it's also a classic buy low, sell high spot here because now everyone's like, oh, I told you the Eagles got, I told you they were terrible. They were, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so Jeff Saturday goes from, you know, uh, in front of the camera to the sidelines, Ben Stevens, and that's it. I mean, everything is all set. I mean, why in the world didn't Ursay just pick up the phone and, uh, and call him and be like, hey, man, come on down? It's, it's simple. I don't think it's that simple. I think it's a feel-good story. I think it's nice. But the reality is the Eagles gut check uh, time here. You can't right. lose back-to-back weeks. Um, this thing opened up eight and a half, nine. And it was immediately bet down as soon as that game was over on Monday night. Now we're under a touchdown. You better hurry up and grab the under the touchdown while you can because uh, this thing before kickoff will be at least uh, seven, if not more, when it's all said and done. I think eight and a half was the right line when it opened. The overreaction has been absolutely bonkers. Completely agree, Joe Ranieri. I looked at this line right before Monday night. Seven and a half is Mm -hmm. where it stood on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now below that key number of a touchdown, it feels ripe if you want to back the birds for that bounce-back spot Sunday in Indianapolis. But they will be without their stud tight end in Dallas Goddard for quite some time. An injured shoulder, Joe, that happened on the play that was a blatant miss from the officiating crew Mm. on that face mask that should have been called, resulting in a fumble there in the fourth quarter that was recovered by Washington. So truly insult to injury. Dallas Goddard now on the sideline for some time. But Philly has a lot of weapons offensively. I think they are still prime for that bounce back spot. But let's focus on Jeff Saturday on his second Sunday for just a moment here. They looked pretty good. They looked inspired, I should say, against a Raiders team that is very, very disappointing, Joe. Is there any hope in your mind 
for the Colts to make some sort of a run here in the second half of this NFL season? Well, it, it begins with getting Jonathan Taylor to do what he did in that game, correct? He's got to be – they got to be able to run the ball. Uh, because if you if you're expecting 87 year old Matt Ryan with a bum shoulder to have to drop back 60 times and beat and win a game, it's not going to happen. The defense has been the most consistent thing for Indy. I love the move that Matt Ryan was his first uh, when he came on. He's like, all right, uh, we got to have a chance to win. Matt Ryan, for better or for worse, gives us the best chance to win. I think it's a little too little too late. But as long as, and it, you know, it should be a lesson of us all, Ben, as long as pros in the NFL have a reason to be motivated and feel inspired, good things can happen uh, here, my man. And at this point in the season, sometimes there's that little lull, right? You expect to win. And what happens when adversity hits? Well, adversity had hit Indy all season long. I love the response that he got out of his team. Is it sustainable? Well, we're about to find that out. Indy won outright as a four-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in mm. Las Vegas. Jeff Saturday looked like the better head coach in that matchup in his first-ever NFL game or even collegiate game on the sidelines. Yep. Then Josh McDaniels, the first-year head coach in Las Vegas. It's an AFC West showdown. I say that in quotes because that is a very tall task for both of these teams right now. The Raiders mm. and the Broncos in Denver, Gerenary, on Sunday. Right now, the Broncos, a slight two and a half point favorite. The over under stands at 41 and a half. Joe, both of these teams desperately in need of a win. So, who will get that victory? You know, uh, it's picking these games is really hard. I uh, just asked Derek Carr. It's, it's just so hard. I can't. Are you kidding me, Derek Carr? Like, man up here. Are you serious right now? You're crying. You're- you're crying like there is no crying as a quarterback in the NFL when your team blows. And they blow uh, because you got a new coach in there that nobody can seem to get on the same page with. Uh, they're too busy cleaning house from the previous regime. And here you are left to pick up the speed. I wouldn't be crying, Derek Carr. I'd be mad as friggin' hell that this is the spot that you find yourself in right now. Also, I'll tell you this here, Ben. The Broncos, this was a mind-blowing stat to me. The Broncos, if they had just simply scored 18 points a game, just averaged 18 points a game, they'd be 8-1 right now in the season. Oh, and God. you spent 200-some-odd million dollars uh, on Russell Wilson, and you can't even get 18 points a game out of this offense. The defense, I'd be a little ticked off if I was the Denver decent. They're doing their job. The fact that they can't get on the same page offensively here is embarrassing given it, it, it's one thing if you've got, you know, a backup quarterback in, but you just spent $200 million on a dude who can't get you 18 points a game. By the way, the Denver Broncos are the worst scoring offense in the National Football League, only averaging just to tick over 14 points per game. If they were averaging just 18 points per game, that right now would still be the sixth worst scoring offense. And as Joe Ranieri said, they would have the best record in the National Football League, at least in the AFC, at 8-1. Yep. and one. Joe, we do have some news about Josh McDaniels. His future Ooh. in Las Vegas has been speculated about. Mark Davis, the mm. owner for the Raiders organization, saying earlier this week, quote, I like Josh. I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why I hired him. 
maybe also veiled in there, Joe, I have to pay John Gruden. I would have to pay the McDaniels <laughs> buyout, and I have exactly. to pay a new head coach. So I don't have the money quite to do that. You remember Joe and Harry all summer long, all off season long, we talked about how good mm -hmm. the AFC West was going to be. Boy, were we wrong. Whew. The Chiefs look very well like they are going to win this division for their seventh consecutive season, a minus 1250 mm. favorite. Well, look at those divisional things. Up next on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Entering week 11 of this NFL season. Thanksgiving is next week. The second half of the season is certainly mm -hmm. underway. It is never too early to look at the potential playoff picture in the National Football League. We'll dive through both conferences, who the favorites are in each of the four divisions in the AFC and the NFC, and then what that means for the wild card race in both of the conferences as well. Joe Ranieri is back with us for a second consecutive segment here on this Wednesday, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. So, JR, let's dive through the AFC. We'll go through the teams that have mm -hmm. the least of the strong odds all the way to the best price to win a division in the AFC. But as you will see in both conferences, in all eight divisions, all divisional favorites are a minus money odds on favorite. Mm -hmm. But there is one distinction in both of the conferences we'll get to starting with those buffalo bills a minus 180 price but buffalo is not currently in first place in the afc east the ravens a substantial favorite near five dollars minus 490 in the afc north the titans minus 550 in the afc south and as we showed you just before we hit the break the chiefs seem well on their way to winning the afc west for a seventh straight season minus 1250 in that division so joe let's start with the afc east because the buffalo bills are a fascinating case study at this moment they remain the odds on favorite in that division they are the favorites still to win the afc title and still the super bowl 57 favorites despite the fact they are now riding a two game losing game would you from a futures perspective here joe entering week 11 change the prices for buffalo in any of those futures markets no, uh, I wouldn't. Uh, and, you know, again, they we talked about it before the season started with Buffalo, right? The numbers there, they were certainly favorites, not only to win the AFC East, but to win the AFC. And then, of course, I think they landed, what, 6-1 to one to win it all there uh, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, there is going to be um, peaks and valleys here with this Buffalo. There was led, there has been in the Josh Allen era, but... They eventually figure it out. That secondary, getting Tredavious White back. Um, they, you know, they've had some issues with injuries. Uh, they've also had a bit of an issue, and I know much was made about this, Ben, the fact that Buffalo has not scored a second-half touchdown since week six against the yep. Chiefs. Uh, which is a problem. And Josh Allen throughout his career is about a 70% cover rate in the second half. So it's been a little out of character. I don't think it has anything to do with the elbow or anything else along those lines. I think Buffalo, he, he is his worst enemy. 
and he's got to be able to figure out how to get other guys involved and let them carry the team instead of him having to do everything. Buffalo will right. be just fine. In fact, I don't know that you're ever going to get him at a better price than you're going to get them right now, Ben. So I don't see it getting any worse here. They ain't losing to Cleveland, uh, and they're going to be just fine at the end of the day, even though the Jets are in first place. Did I say that? Somebody, yes, I did. Yes. Another bounce back spot that we discussed, <laughs> Buffalo on that two game losing skid at home, an eight and a half point favorite against Cleveland on Sunday. Buffalo's three losses this year are just by a combined eight points. Something to keep in mind as well. Two of them, though, mm -hmm. within the division to Miami and to New York, who both teams right now slightly favored to make the postseason at least a minus money price. Because when you look at that wild card race, mm -hmm. then, in the AFC, the Jets minus 102, but technically the eighth best price in that conference at the moment, which yeah. in the 17 playoff format would keep them on the outside looking in based on the odds. You can see where the Dolphins are minus 800, a virtual lock to get into that postseason. Seven wins right now for Miami, a seven and three record, and all seven of those wins when Tua Tungabailoa has started and completed mm. a football game. Joe, I want to bring your attention to Cincinnati. Minus 130 Oof. for the Bengals to get back into the AFC postseason. Of course, the reigning AFC title winners. The Ravens are minus 490 to win the AFC North. Baltimore is on a three-game winning streak, fresh off the bye, as is Cincinnati. Baltimore is a minus 490 favorite in that division, despite the fact they hold just mm -hmm. a one-game lead over the Bengals. And yes... Baltimore took the first of two in this regular season series against their divisional foe. But it seems like a rather large gap for just a one-game lead at this moment entering Week 11. And speaking of that division, Cincinnati will head to Acrisure Stadium on Sunday mm -hmm. to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Joe, how do you evaluate Joe Burrow and the Bengals, the reigning AFC champs? Um, they are not as dangerous without uh chase it's that simple yep. this is a different offense when they're going to play better defenses they are not as dangerous they are not as potent uh it's nice to see that they got uh you know mixing back involved here over the next couple weeks because they couldn't run the ball then i mean it has been a brutal start to the season not being able to run the ball but now they got to go in to uh, take on this Pittsburgh team who, let's face it, Tomlin has owned them. I think uh, 21 and 10 ATS there, almost 70% against this um, against this Steelers team who welcomed back the most valuable player ever to the Steeler franchise and TJ Watt. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is gone, but hey, um, how exactly are you going to get the ball downfield? Because without Jamar Chase... You're pretty pedestrian there. You're not going to be able to run. You're going to become a little one-dimensional with Boyd and Higgins. Uh, this is going to be a monster tough spot here for the Cincinnati Bengals. And if they lose this one, and let's face it, uh, Baltimore has got to be salivating with the idea of taking on Baker Mayfield uh, this weekend here. Baltimore is going to be that much closer to clinching that division, and they should be because they are by far the best team in that division.
the flock double-digit favorites against those Carolina Panthers. The Bengals just a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It was the season opener. Mm. The Steelers won outright yep. on the road in Cincy as a seven-and-a-half-point dog. However, the Bengals, a five-and-four football team, six-and-three against the spread. They have covered in all five of their wins this year. The Steelers, though, have covered in three of their last four. Now over to the NFC. Like the AFC, Joe, mm. there is one team that is a divisional favorite that currently does not occupy that first place spot. That would be the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> in the NFC West, but only a half game behind the Seahawks, who have overperformed at least based on preseason expectations. The Niners, minus 220 in the West. The Eagles, still a heavy minus 340 favorite in the NFC East. The Buccaneers, in the worst division in football, a minus 420 favorite in the NFC South. And look at those Minnesota Vikings, the best odds of any team to win any division in all of the league, minus 3,000 to take the NFC North title. But to me, Joe, the divisional favorite's not all that interesting. The wild card race is the NFC East, is a really, really good division. We see that reflected in the odds. The Dallas Cowboys are a minus 1,400 favorite to make the NFC Oof. postseason. The New York Giants, the next best price at minus 310. And those Seahawks, Joe, still a minus 220 price. Pretty substantial favorites to get inside the NFC playoffs. But look at the Commanders, a 5-5 five and five football team that have won four of their last five games, plus 250. And how about those Green Bay Packers? Joe Ranieri, mm. plus 280. Now just two games below 500. Aaron Rodgers had a smile on his face Sunday afternoon. Christian Watson caught three touchdown passes. Joe, is Green Bay going to the postseason? Would, would it shock me? No. And I think the progression that we've seen, all those young wide receivers watching Watson and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers get on the same page like they did against those Cowboys at home. It was like, put any name you want on the back of that jersey. It's shades of Devontae Adams. It's, you know, go back throughout the history with Aaron Rodgers. He had that one receiver. He knew he could chuck it up and find down the field. And if that kid has now become that, that kind of synergy, we have not seen it all year. And boy, oh boy, we know they can run the ball. They got to figure out some things on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the defense did enough to mm. give Aaron Rodgers an opportunity to win that game. I think they absolutely, it all depends on Aaron Rodgers and his comfort level with that receiving core and his weapons. If they turned a corner in that game, yeah, they, they've got a shot here, Ben. Make no mistake about it. And Joe, I think it's fascinating because it's, all depending on how you evaluate the NFC. If you believe the New York Giants are for real, and they have given you proof they are for real with a 7-2 and two record, then it doesn't really seem like there's much hope for the commanders of the Packers to make a push to the postseason. If you believe the Seahawks are for real and not going to falter here down the yep. second half, again, that wiggle room isn't really there for Washington or Green Bay. But if you think they are overperforming and will come back down to earth with negative regression... That's a juicy plus money price on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So, JR, take us to tomorrow night in the frozen mm. tundra that is Lambeau Field. Green Bay is a three-point favorite against the Tennessee mm. Titans. Tennessee just wins football games. It's not pretty, but a 6-3 and three football team is 7-2 and two against the spread and have covered in seven straight. It is tied for the best ATS record in all of the NFL. A three-point spread, though, Joe, in favor of the Packers. What's your approach? 
Well, um, uh, done betting against Mike Vrabel teams here as an underdog, 19 and 7 uh, now, uh, when they're an underdog of three or more. They are a field goal dog here. Uh, Tannehill, everyone hates him, unless, of course, they need him to play quarterback, and Tennessee needs him to play quarterback here. Uh, Tennessee for me here, Ben. How many more times are we going to lose on Vrabel? We're not going to lose on Mike Vrabel. Green Bay has been losing outright as a favorite, including in their last four games, booked as the favorite side. Jerry you are the best as always. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is our favorite time of the week, a Wednesday morning, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159, following a Tuesday evening when we hear from the College Football Playoff Selection Committee and the new rankings are dropped. Third time's a charm as we welcome on the mouth in the South, Mark Zeno, to react to what we got last night after double overtime between Michigan State and Kentucky. So those rankings were delayed, Zeno. I hope you were still up to react to everything that we saw in the minds of the CFP selection committee. No, I was. And it was uh, it's interesting to me. I, I think they are telling you a lot of things without telling you. It's kind of like being in a relationship. You know, you just have to read between the lines, yeah. really listen to what you're hearing and figure it out. But from where I sit, if you're not in the top seven right now, you have no shot to get in the college football playoff. So that's the interesting thing. We did not expect to see many changes at the top, certainly not in the top four, the four remaining unbeatens at the FBS level in college football. We didn't expect Tennessee to fall or move up either. So the volunteers remain at number five. So one through five, all the same. I was interested though, Mark, to see where they would slot teams six through nine. Specifically, where would LSU and USC be in consideration to one another? And where would Clemson be? A one-loss team that has already booked their trip to an ACC championship game. Two-loss LSU is ranked ahead of one-loss USC because LSU, at least right now, has more significant victories. USC's best win on the road in Corvallis earlier this season where the Trojans did not cover as a touchdown favorite against the Beavs, who are now also back inside the top 25. So, Zeno, what did you make of teams six through nine, starting with LSU, SC, Alabama, another two-loss team that was ranked ahead of Clemson? I still think LSU is wildly overrated. I'm sorry. I, I just do. Um, this is a team that struggled with Auburn. They struggled with Arkansas. They trailed Florida in their game there. Like, th yes, the win over Alabama matters because of the, in this case, the number on the side of the helmet, right? Like, you know, that's what matters, but I, I don't know that LSU stands any chance in the college football, I'm sorry, in the SEC championship game, rather. I'm ready to lay all 16 of those points with Georgia without hesitation. They're going to destroy that team. Like, I know the transitive property doesn't apply, but if LSU couldn't compete with Tennessee and Tennessee couldn't compete with Georgia, what makes you think all of a sudden LSU is going to be able to compete with Georgia? Because they beat a lackluster Alabama team that makes a ton of mistakes every single game? Nah, I don't buy it. I think they're wildly overrated, and they have no business in this conversation. And let's be honest. 
If LSU loses another game, they are not going to get into the college football playoff. That number six ranking right now and their path to a CFP to be the first ever two loss team to qualify for the college football playoff would mean they win outright as a 15 and a half point underdog currently against the Georgia Bulldogs. Again, it's a very long shot for a reason. You know, it was interesting to me, though, to have a two loss LSU and a two loss Alabama in front of a one-loss Clemson. I'll talk about USC in a second, but one-loss Clemson has already booked its spot in an ACC championship game. Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers looking to win the conference for the seventh time in the last eight years. The previous six, when they were ACC champs, including a few seasons where they did have a single regular season loss, they made it to the college football playoff. You have already told me, if you're ranked outside the top seven, your chance of getting in the CFP, it's not there. So you think there is no chance right now for a one-loss ACC champion Clemson to get to the college football playoff? I mean, let's just assume for argument's sake that, you know, USC runs the table. Is Clemson going to yep. get in over USC as a conference champion? No. no. Uh, TCU is a conference champion? No. Ohio State or Michigan is a conference champion? No. Georgia? I mean, like, where where did they get in? The only – they would need such chaos. Again, they would need uh, LSU to lose the final game of the regular season against uh, Texas A&M and then beat Georgia. They would need a loss yeah. from either Michigan or Ohio State before the end of the regular season and then another loss from the team that loses one in the Ohio State-Michigan matchup. They would need – TCU to take a loss. They would need uh, USC to take a loss. I mean, they just need so much help. The, the scenarios don't exist. I mean, is it mathematically possible? Sure. But, you know, I don't live in the world where I see online a 12-team parlay where a guy risks $5 and wins 100000 I don't live in that world. That's, that's nice. Right. I don't waste $5 on stupid things like that. That's just not me. It's a really good point, though. You know, I do agree with you. The Tigers do not control their own path to a college no. football playoff. It is crazy. Had you told us, you know, I think before the year, a one-loss Clemson winning the ACC championship, whose only loss was on the road in South Bend against a top-20 Notre Dame team currently, we would have said, yeah, that team's making the college football playoff, but they don't control their own path because conference championships still matter, at least we believe, to the college football playoff selection committee, and there are two teams ranked ahead of them currently that would continue to be ranked ahead of Clemson we believe in TCU if they run the table and win the Big 12 as an unbeaten Big 12 champ and a one-loss USC who can stack up some wins here at the end of this season. UCLA this weekend, Notre Dame to end out the regular season in a potential Pac-12 title game against Oregon or Utah or maybe Washington awaits for the Trojans as well. It is interesting though, Zeno, because right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the updated college football playoff odds have four teams favored, at least in minus money, to get to the college football playoff. Georgia, minus 2,000. The dogs are in. Ohio State, minus 700. Again, a very strong price on the Buckeyes. Tennessee is minus 500, and Michigan is minus 110. Now, Zeno, I bring this up because Ohio State, in the early look-ahead line for next weekend's game in Columbus, the game against those two bitter foes in the Buckeyes and the Wolverines, Ohio State 
is a six and a half point favorite. If they hold serve and at least win that game outright, it will be the Buckeyes representing the Big Ten East in the conference championship game. Michigan will not play in the Big Ten title. And we already know Tennessee is not playing in the SEC championship. So those two one loss potentially non-conference champion teams and the Volunteers and the Wolverines still at this moment, Zeno, favored to make the CFP. Yeah, and look, I think there's a scenario where two Big Ten teams can actually get in. Um, You know, TCU loses, uh, USC takes another loss, um, and then you get a scenario where Georgia blows out LSU, and that's it. So you get Georgia, you get the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and as conference champions, and then you're sitting there looking at a bunch of one-loss teams. I mean, objectively, if you ask me, Michigan and Ohio State as a one-loss team that does not appear in their conference championship game is better than Tennessee. They're a better football team. I think they beat Tennessee straight up. I don't know if they have a better resume per se, but Mm. if you were to take – give me – take all my money now when you make Tennessee a favorite over a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State team. Take all my money because I'll give it to you right now and bet the dog. Tennessee, again, we've proven repeatedly that when they play legitimate defenses, they get stuffed. And their pass defense is so bad that they cannot do anything to keep themselves in a game. That You flip the script on the Volunteers like Georgia did. The blueprint is there, and they don't have much. Go back to the first game, one of the earlier games of the year in the game against Pitt. What did their defense do to Tennessee? Punched them in the mouth a little bit, started to be a little bit more physical, and put them in a dogfight. Uh, for a game that they needed overtime to win against a backup quarterback for Pitt at the time. So I don't think Tennessee is as rough and rowdy and big as everybody else does, but, you know, I'm obviously on an island on that one. The Volunteers have a really good resume at the moment. Two of the biggest wins this year in college football over Alabama. And, of course, on the road dismantling an LSU team. But the conference champs might have something to say. TCU, USC, and Clemson, the fifth sixth and seventh best spots right now according to the college football playoff odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook we'll get to all of that Zeno but we need to go rapid fire now to break down the weekend ahead the second to last Saturday in the SEC he's not just Mark Zeno he's the mouth of the south and here are his SEC picks Listen, we could have the college football playoff conversation for two straight hours, let alone for 14 straight minutes. But now we'll look at some of the games on this Saturday's slate. The number one team in the country, Georgia, another road test, potentially, Mark Zeno. At least we thought this could be a ranked matchup before the year got underway, even as of last week. Number one, Georgia, north of a three-touchdown favorite, Zeno, against Kentucky in Lexington, on Saturday, does Kentucky have any chance, you know, of keeping this game within margin? Well, I mean, a chance, yeah. But again, pull out your 12-team parlay sheet and let me know how often it hits. Uh, so that's about the same chance they have. Look, the Wildcats haven't scored more than 27 points in a game for the last six weeks. Will Levis, who still may be the number one overall pick in the draft, has not been the same wow. since dealing with shoulder injuries, turf toe. He just doesn't look like himself. Georgia's going to punish this team early and often. Uh, the Bulldogs have already covered three of four games this year where they were laying at least 21 points to Power 5 opponents. And let's remember one thing, Benny. It was about a year ago, or a little more than a year ago, I sat on this very same show, and we mm-hmm. recapped Georgia-Kentucky from last year. Go back and hit the rewind button. Remember Mark Stoops calling timeouts 
in a game where he was down 34 to six, calling timeouts with four seconds left to score a touchdown that meant nothing. Kirby Smart remembers that. He won't forget it. He's going to punish the Wildcats in Lexington. I'll lay the 22 and a half. We might get back to the idea in one of my favorite bets of all of last season. Georgia opponent team total under. Insert them in. It does not matter. Kentucky's is 13 and a half. The under has the juice. But there's this idea that Georgia has been a little lackluster against the spread at times this year. The dogs have covered in four of their last five games. And the only game they did not cover in the cocktail party against Florida as 22 and a half point favorites. And they won by 22. You know, because the SEC only plays eight conference games. When we get to this Saturday in the season, there's this weird non-conference slate across the league as well. For LSU, they take on UAB, the Blazers of Birmingham, the Bayou Bengals back in the Bayou as a 14 and a half point favorite. So, you know, does this game being a non-conference clash change the mentality at all for LSU? Um, it feels very sleepy and not like a great spot for LSU to be particularly sharp. Now, if I'm LSU and I'm Brian Kelly, style points have to matter, right? Like Mm -hmm. I have to go out there and pace this team and put up 60 uh, and run it up. That feels like a short number for a non-Power 5 opponent for LSU to be playing at home. And if you look at the juice, the the 115 side is with UAB, which tells you where the liability is. This would be a stay away Mm -hmm. game for me. It will not surprise me if, if UAB comes in there and makes this thing closer for a half than you would expect. The man known as Debo, Dwayne McBride, the second leading rusher in all of college football, plays for the Blazers. We'll get his prop on a Saturday finally, Zeno, and I'm going to take the over. We referenced this earlier. The SEC title game, that first Saturday in December, in Atlanta, where Zeno resides, is already set. Georgia is a 15-and-a-half-point early look-ahead line favorite against the Bayou Bengals, who would need that game as a two-loss team to be the first ever two-loss team to make the college football playoff. The odds say there is very little shot. So, you know, you gave us your thoughts on Tennessee. They're a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in Columbia against South Carolina this upcoming Saturday. The Vols can still score, the best-scoring offense in the country, but the defense might be where they lack a little bit of that wherewithal. Mark Zeno, the mouth in the South. Great stuff, as always. So much to get to in that segment, and we hit it all. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The college football playoff conversation must continue here as we round out our opening hour of the morning after live on this Wednesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. It's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is also SportsGrid. And I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here in this opening hour. The third set of CFP rankings dropped last night. No changes in the top five, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Michigan three, TCU four, and Tennessee checks in at number five. But behind that, six through nine to stay in the top 10, 
That was the interesting spot we all needed to consider. What would this ranking here for the third time this year tell us about what the rest of this season, the final two weeks of this regular season in the conference championship Saturday, tell us about how the college football playoff selection committee is evaluating this season. And I think we got some notes last night. So we asked you, for teams ranked five through seven, who has the best shot of making the college football playoff? That was the question for Fade the Public. So one loss, Tennessee, who will not play in its conference championship game, is ranked number five. LSU, who has two losses, who will represent the West Division in the SEC title game, will be there as well in Atlanta. And USC, a one-loss team that has the Pac-12's best shot and maybe only shot of making the college football playoff, checks in at number seven. So of those teams, five through seven, who has the best shot of making the college football playoff? The public right now agreeing with the odds makers. Tennessee, a whopping majority, 67% of this vote at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, followed by LSU and then USC. At SportsGrid TV, a great social media account. You can also find our content at SportsGrid as well. When you look at these rankings here and how the committee is seeing it, this is how it stacks up. I think USC controls its own fate as opposed to the other two in LSU and Tennessee. More of the morning after. Hour number two is up next.